0: You know, I feel like we have this vision, it's to saturate the date with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what's so interesting is our mission and vision hasn't changed, but as the world has changed, we're thinking about how we attack it differently. Now we realize digital has to play a huge role in doing, that. and that's another way that we can reach people as well, wherever they are. And so we're excited about pursuing that. And in fact, the role of digital director is new.
1: Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm Neil Smith, joined by my new friend, Lauren Bercherich. I'm, I'm already messing it up. Lauren, can you help me with your it, name? It's
0: not the first time. Don't worry. It's Burkerich. Lauren
1: Burkerich. 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 And, and can you spell that for people listening if they want to look you up to connect online? That's
0: B-E-R-C-A-R-I-C-H. I always laugh because my whole life. People butcher that, but it's got the word car and the and the word rich in there. So, I mean.
1: Yes, <laughs> it is it is exactly as it's spelled. And I just, I I thought about this for like, since we've been talking on Facebook and I was like, I've got to make sure I find out how to say her name so I don't, I mess, don't mess it up. And, and I overthought it. Yes. So I apologize uh, for butchering uh, the name to start our conversation, but I'm so excited to meet you. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Liquid Church and incredible things that happen. And you are the digital director at Liquid, and you have been there for, you know, a long time uh, at Liquid and at one church uh, where a lot of people, you know, digital is seemingly a new thing in the church. So eight years in uh, in a church, in, in Liquid Church, being right on the other side of the river uh, for me in New York, uh, there in Jersey is really, you know, uh, have it. You know, grown so much, uh, and I've I've gotten to watch uh, you guys uh, just have such an impact in New Jersey and across all of New Jersey, it seems. And so, can you share a little bit about Liquid Church for those that aren't aware and your role specifically as digital director? What does that
0: encompass? Yeah, sure, I'd love to. So, yeah, as you mentioned, Liquid Church, we are located in the great state of New Jersey. We are a multi-site church. We have seven physical locations in north central jersey we also have a church online that we offer up to people and um you know i feel like we have this vision it's to saturate the state with the gospel of jesus christ and what's so interesting is our mission and vision hasn't changed but as the world has changed we're thinking about how we attack it differently so Pre-pandemic, it was like, hey, we need a campus in every county. There's 21 counties in New Jersey. we got to take church to the people. That's what it looks like to saturate the state. Now we realize digital has to play a huge role in doing that. And that's another way that we can reach people as well, wherever they are. And so we're excited about pursuing that. And in fact, the role of digital director is new. Um, okay. I'm boarded, I was the communications director for okay. a long, long time. And then at the tail end of 2021, leadership was chatting with me about, "Hey, can you envision us? What would it look like if we really pursue digital in a new way?" And part of that is um, building out a new digital department. So I have the pleasure of taking on that challenge, and so far it's been incredibly exciting.
1: That's awesome. So what? So what all does that encompass then? That when you, the digital, you know ecosystem of liquid
0: yeah so i would say this year in particular we're really pursuing digital expansion and for that it looks like uh relaunching our app with a totally different purpose in fact the day we're recording this our app just went into the app and play store today so nice we're relaunching our website we're going to launch a tv app you know so we have the liquid version um of that we are thinking through a new data program, right? Because what you measure matters. Rethinking our audience groups and who, how we're pursuing them, who we're pursuing, really putting a stake in the ground with that. Um, and a lot of that is own channels. And then there's our rented channel. How are we going to pursue YouTube differently? We'll really be strategic about what we're doing there. that So we're reaching the people that need to be reached. So there, there's a lot of prongs to it. But before, they were kind of like all these extra things on somebody else's plate, or maybe we'll get to it someday. And what we're saying is, hey, we're actually going to dedicate some resources toward it. And so it's not even just me. We've been building out a department to help pursue and chase after all of these goals. So it's really exciting.
1: So interesting. And it's fascinating because I think from the outside looking in, I would have assumed that Liquid was already one of the leading digital Churches, and I think probably even in your role of communications, prioritizing those things today. But but now, as a church that was already, I I feel like on the forefront of of a lot of these things, making even greater uh, effort uh, to to do that. How does how does your online campus fit into that structure? Is it under digital? Is it its own thing, and you kind of support it, or how how does that integrate?
0: Yeah, so it is under digital, which is really exciting, and we are investing in. Church online more as well. So, church online for us, I mean, goodness, I couldn't tell you the origin date, but we actually have had a church online for an extremely long time. We were actually on the forefront of things there, but it was always, we joked that it was like the redheaded stepchild that you're like, hey, we're not going to give you a lot of attention. We're not going to give you dedicated resources. Everybody will try to sprinkle in a little effort here and there. The teaching pastor will like do some church online stuff on the side. And for the first time ever, we're actually elevating somebody within our organization to be a full-time church online pastor, to care for the people um, in that community well. And we just want to take it to the next level, right? We want to treat our digital dream teams the way they deserve to be treated. We want to invest in online small groups. We've dabbled in all of these areas. We haven't done them with the excellence of which is a core value of our staff and so we really want to pursue all of those things with excellence so i think that we're really starting to dive in now but 2024 we're going after it it's going to be our here church online
1: i love it i love it let's let's talk about the app uh, a lot of churches debate should we have an app should we not have an app are they relevant are they not relevant what t- Tell me about the 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 brand new liquid church app what what approach did you take differently and what are you hopeful for with the future
0: yeah i'd love to so we have had an app since 2018 and I helped launch that. Yeah. And at the time it felt like this is amazing. And this is so cool. And now removed from it, like, wow, it's just kind of like a digital billboard. It just sits there with static content. It's not a place to engage Um, and hold some value on Sunday mornings. It's about it. Yep. And so the new app is really tied to a new strategy we have that we call seven days of discipleship. We want your ability to learn about Jesus, engage in community, grow your faith to go beyond the 90 minutes that you spend with us on a Sunday morning, whether that's in a physical building or at home, what about the other 166 hours a week, right? There should be a way to engage and learn. So the app has um, daily habits. So you can engage and you can practice gratitude. There's community prayer. So you pray for others. Others pray for you. There's um, scripture reading and journaling and which you can put out publicly like a social environment, right? You can follow your friends. You can follow your pastors, vice versa. You get notifications that somebody's praying for you. There is a learn tab with articles that are based on felt needs. It's not just us promoting our programs. It's us thinking about what do you need? Where do you need help? How can we serve you? And then reaching people in that area. And so we're even creating content that's exclusive to the app right so hey we're creating new video content if you want that join us on the app so it's really about part of a discipleship and growth journey
1: i love it this this doesn't sound like a traditional yes. subsplash or push pay uh uh in the church space could you share a little bit about like what your process was to getting such a unique app created for the church yeah and
0: uh we are moving from a push pay app so push pay is our silver wow. giving vendor they're just not going to be app vendor anymore we're working with a developer um called apollos and it's app and we are kind of making that ours right so they've developed this product with that goal in mind they have that and then what's beautiful is you can take that and then kind of shape it to your context and so i think this is a really great time for people to look at technology in a different way and to not be um intimidated also that it's going to steal from your in-person experience or people are going to stop coming to church. I have always believed that both, uh, online and in-person at the same time can be going up and to the right. And we're actually at that point. I'm Like I knew it, I knew it could happen. And so we're seeing that happen here on our end. I think you just have the ability to reach more people and also build into the ones that are already in your
1: church. Yes hundred percent uh that and and i think it's i love hearing this because i feel like it's the that's what an app should be for you know and i think at the end of the day an app is there's significant friction to get somebody to go and download the app but once they have an app and you have that whole, whole page screen yeah they're regularly engaging with it when you can use it as a discipleship tool uh where there's it's i think it could be a powerful tool differentiating your website from
0: Yeah. And I think the key really is you need buy-in from your leadership, which I am so lucky to say that we have, because here's the thing. You could create the technology, but if you don't get the platform uh, to tell people about it, or if you don't get the buy-in to kind of design things around it, people aren't really going to jump in. So I'll give you an example of something we're going to do coming up this fall our first small groups campaign of the year, which we have two a year. They're very big for us as an organization. We essentially say, hey, the entire church, you got to get in a group for this campaign season. It could be six to eight weeks. We're going to do a prayer journey. And it's all going to be tied to, we're praying for each other in the app. So as a community, we're all rallying together. So you can use these um, tools together with some of the systems you already have to enhance them. And I think that's really exciting.
1: I love it. I love it. I think that is the app of the future uh, for for churches. And I love uh, the liquid is, is pioneering uh, that space.
2: Hey, guys, it's Nils, and I am interrupting this episode to highlight one of our platforms, and that is Online Church Builders. You can go to OnlineChurchBuilders.com and get a fully created, generated uh, strategy for your church with your online presence. And so whether you have an online presence where you want to use online to bring people to your local church, or you want to build a global online church community, uh, this strategy will give you uh, the the roadmap, the plan that you need to follow, the direction you need uh, to build a great online church presence for your church. Uh, I actually built this with my friend Nona Jones, uh, and we are selling it uh, for $249, but you can actually get it for free. And we are offering the next hundred people who go sign up um, through this podcast. We're not talking about anywhere else, but to this community, uh, a free uh, online church strategy. There's no strings attached, there's no upsells. Uh, It's literally just a free strategy that we built. We put a lot of energy and investment into it, and we want to make it available to as many churches as possible. So we've just decided for the next hundred people. Uh, that sign up we're going to do it for free uh, and in exchange what we're hoping is that you'll give us feedback uh, on how helpful uh, that strategy is for your church so go to onlinechurchbuilders.com get your free online church strategy uh, and i can't wait to hear how it helps your church let's get back to the episode
1: let's let's talk about youtube uh, you mentioned youtube as a priority platform on, on the rented property side of things what are you doing what are you seeing What what are what's working and maybe what's Frustrating about YouTube?
0: Sure. So, first of all, our church online experience is offered on two platforms. One is the Chop platform or Church Online platform, which people yeah. access through a website. Most of those folks are yeah. insiders. And second, we are yeah. on demand on YouTube. And on YouTube, it's message only. So we cut out. There's no worship or hosting or anything like that. It's just the message only. Yeah. So we have seen since we started that post pandemic. That has just been taking off like gangbusters. The biggest growth is on that in the on-demand space in YouTube. And obviously, the more that we see growth there, it's like the more that YouTube recommends it. And it just kind of creates this flywheel. Yeah. The other thing that we've done is this year, we created some de- video devotionals that are really bite-sized. So they're five minutes or less. Um, our people really love them. But they just do gangbusters on YouTube. They're our best performing content that we have out there. They're more shared than anything else that we have. I feel like they're really shareable because they are bite-sized. And so yes.
1: And are those posted as, as short? Are they full? Nope. Full vi- they're
0: cool videos. They are shot six, uh, okay. 9 by 16, that is. Yeah. So yeah. they'll be nice and easy on mobile, full screen, um, because we're actually yeah. texting them out to people. So you'd receive it in, yep. in the mornings and now they're going to be on our, our Anna. But what we found is that, wow, the all the engagement metrics, right? Shares and likes and subscribes and all that stuff just went through the roof with this particular piece of content. And I think the other thing that we've really tried to lean into do is just optimizing what we're already putting out there. So how do we write the best descriptions, the best titles, do the hashtags and the tags, then honestly, sometimes it feels so painful because you said, what what's challenging? The rules change. Sometimes you don't know why one thing took off, one thing didn't take off. It feels like a mystery. But we really do try to put the effort into it so that we're, we're playing by YouTube's rules trying to optimize things to the best of our ability.
1: I, I love that you're simultaneously prioritizing rented property and owned property uh, because a lot of times churches will just focus on one or the other. And if you don't do a good job at reaching people on YouTube, you really don't have enough of an audience to move them into your own properties. Uh, but but I think at the same time, if you're totally dependent on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook, you can be shut down at any point uh, for no reason. It could be a, a false copy claim. It doesn't mean that they're silencing us. It just means they're AI. You know, potentially just in there's no there's no phone number to call on YouTube uh, if if it goes down. And so to to be prioritizing both the spot so that I think you're right. Uh, what I I think the direction you're heading is one, just pushing the full sermon content is, I think, the priority. I think the mistake I see churches making is pushing their whole video church service on YouTube. And then I think two, just just then once you have your content in, and I, I know liquid well enough, so it's good content. But then it's optimizing, it's testing thumbnails, it's testing titles, uh, and really making sure you've got everything optimized to reach the most people and then move them down your path. I'm, I'm curious with YouTube, what are you doing for calls to action? One of the biggest challenges uh, that churches have on YouTube is how do we get somebody from YouTube if they accept Christ or to donate or to take actions with Liquid? What, what, are, what are you using?
0: Yeah, so first, let me say that I do not think that we have this figured out, so... But I'll tell you what we're doing and what showing any particular success. So first we created this uh, video that's running at the end of the messages that pops up and it's like, Tim, it's like, hey, thanks so much for watching. He's our lead pastor, right? If you enjoyed this message, you know, subscribe here or you can uh, give to support our ministry and just click here, you know, and he points to the self. Yeah. There are deep breath devotionals we are promoting, uh, subscribe, and we're promoting um, Keep Watching. Now for this next season that we're producing right now, we're just going to do another six-week season. Like, I would like to change it up to go to our website. So then uh, this is wise counsel that I have received that's like, hey, try to get people from your rented channel to your own channel rather than just trying keep them on the rented channel. Um, so we're going to try that and see if that out. I'm I think what's something that's happened is I'm really comfortable with the experimentation. If we flop, it's okay, I learned something in the process. Um, this to me is a tricky one. You know, I don't I don't know if there's a, a surefire answer, but we keep experimenting.
1: I think I think if more church leaders should take that approach of it's okay to make mistakes. We have to experiment to figure out what works. And the biggest challenge of digital. Um, and I love that you're leaning into it, is that what? once you figure something out, it changes. Uh, And so it almost doesn't matter if you figure it out uh, because it's going to change again. You have to remain flexible and you have to keep trying. Uh, And honestly, I think we should be prioritizing trying to get better all the time. And no matter what level of success or lack of success that we're having, we're looking at just what what if we did this? What if we tried this? Uh, Can that help? And I, I remember with one church that I've worked with, they made one change uh, to their salvation call to action. And what actually, they actually changed from a 10-digit. They, they were using texting to text Jesus to this phone number to a six-digit, you know, short road. Yeah. And they saw three times the increase in, you know, responses by just shortening the phone number. Uh, and it's amazing how you just do this one little thing and then you see such a response. Now, I don't think more people are getting saved. I think more people are actually typing in the wrong phone, phone number there's a longer number um and and so you you see an experience I think but it's always that tweaking um and looking to get better but also part of that is being willing to admit what something isn't working uh and and trying something else what lord what else as you look to the future um what what else are you excited about in the in the future of digital yeah
0: I am okay so this isn't a digital innovation in and of itself but right outside for us I think this pairs nicely with it is that we are really trying to create a robust data program like what you measure matters and even in the digital sphere so I'm creating this app right well how many prayers are being prayed who is praying is the content being used like we for instance we batch created this new piece of content called your weekly challenge one of our teaching pastors is doing a video challenge every week well are people engaging with it if it's not working we have to try something new so we actually have to go in and create new ways to to measure things to collect data to view data to analyze data and we're kind of the infancy of that but we're creating brand new um Dashboards that are interactive and that are gonna be super intelligent. We're doing data hygiene, making sure the data that we have is actually clean because otherwise it doesn't matter. We're adding friction. We used to be like, we don't want to ask our people for any information that creates friction. We don't know anything about our people. Oh, okay. So now like we're gonna be comfortable creating friction, asking them for information so that way we can actually personalize the experience they get. So our Um, Church management um, software is Rock RMS, right? We have the ability for personalization. We need to know people are and and do some tracking on them in order to serve them up with the best things. So I'm really excited about that. We're getting in on that, really going after it. And I think it's going to pay off dividends long term.
1: I love it. I love it. What? So with that, with prioritizing your analytics uh, and data, what are what are some of the key measures of success? How how uh, how do you determine with what what you're doing? And maybe are there some like top three metrics that you're mo- monitoring every week to to measure your success? Yeah.
0: So I would say again, I so no, I don't have those for you right now. To okay. Be honest with that. What yeah. we do know is that although we're going to keep measuring attendance and giving, that is no longer the be all end all. What we want to then measure is people's engagement. So we're trying to look at more of crafting what is a growth path for people. And again, it's not a prescribed pathway, so it's not linear. But what are the things that create um, personal growth in your discipleship journey, such as giving and baptism and joining a group and doing daily devotions in your app uh, and top. you know spending time with Jesus, all of these things. So if we can actually measure all of those things, which that's what we're building toward right now, that will help us understand where we're going. Actually help us to understand the pathways that people take. Like, actually, what is their journey in the church? Right now, that's fuzzy to us. You know, they fill out the New Year card and then you're kind of like, where'd you go after that? Um, yes. We need to know where they're going.
1: Yes. It's, it's so interesting. I, I think people often don't realize how much data you can get and measure uh, that people are engaging with you around of even the Google Analytics with your website of how many people are visiting, where they're visiting from, what pages they're visiting, where you, you typically didn't know how many people were driving by your church back in the day or how many people saw your church at the yellow page, but you can know how many people saw your Facebook post. You can know how many people watched your YouTube video. You can actually learn How many, what devices they kind of watch it on? Are they mobile or are they desktop? And there's so much, many data points. And I think even when it comes to measuring ministry, you can measure evangelism by how many people did your content reach? You can measure discipleship by how long did people watch or how many groups did people engage in? Or you can measure fellowship by how many comments, you know, uh, did you get and did people respond to? There's lots of data points, but I think at the end of the day, you can also spend all your time measuring. Uh, when we're called to do ministry. Um and so it, it is a it's a tension, you know, balance there. But but it I remember going to life church uh for the first time and they had this big visual like wall of all this data. And they just said, we believe data has a seat at the table. So it's not the only seat at the table, but it's a seat at the table. And that was a light bulb for me of uh, we uh we have like yeah, we have all this data and we often we often are making decisions by, well, it feels good. It looks good. It seems good. Uh, when data can tell us so much of how effective we are, what we should actually be doing more of or less of, uh, we just kind of give it a seat at the table. But you got to know it. you got to document it and and make it available, not just to yourself, but to other leaders in the organization. To understand yeah. the impact you're having digital.
0: Can I give one example?
1: Please. So I please. feel
0: like for years we've been like that. It's like anecdotal gut feeling. I think it's going well, Right. Yeah. Um, so like any church, you face the summer slump when it comes to volunteers. Everybody goes on vacation. They're not around to serve. So we create this incentive program we call it Summer Serve. You only have to sign up to do a couple of things. You get some cool swag. You get to pick tape. It's yep. like all about you. And so today we are looking at the data as we're building out these new dashboards. Thank goodness. Those are the best numbers we've had all year. How are we having our best numbers in June and July? our service working, it's working. And it's so much better than it was last year. And so now we don't have to say like, it felt good. I think that worked well. Do that again uh, next year. We can actually say that no, the data tells us it worked and we should do it again next.
1: And this is the this is the value too of having historical data um, and starting to collect good data now, because that's gonna help you not just for now decisions, but for future decisions is, you know, honestly, churches just go in a natural cycle of flow with Christmas and Easter or back to school and, and certain seasons and unique churches like Liquid church, like you, you, you follow maybe some unique patterns of New Jersey that isn't going to be synchronous with everyone else. And I think as you have that historical data, you could begin to catch trends or even change trends that you don't like. Uh, and, and by trying different things and you can determine was this successful. As we compare it to historical data, I love uh, that that priority, Lord. As we as we wrap up uh, this conversation, I would love it if you, from your unique seat and vantage point, uh, as other churches are considering making the same investment into digital, what advice would you give them, and what what recommendations would you give them, Mister? Where, where do they start uh, when it comes to prioritizing digital in their church?
0: Oh, goodness. Uh, well, first of all, I would say uh, this is akin to what you were saying about data. Give digital a seat at the table. The Time has not passed. You may feel like the pandemic is over, um, but that doesn't mean the opportunity for digital is this, it is still the future and it is a way to expand your reach. And I would encourage you that you would be reaching the people in your neighborhood. I can tell you from the metrics that when I look at who's joining us online, who's absorbing our content. They could show up at the building. They're not. They're down the block and you're reaching them because that is an accessible way to reach them. So just consider it because it is still very specific to your context and who you're uh, serving in your neighborhood. Um, And I feel like a lot of what I said can be overwhelming, right? This did not happen. Um, I didn't snap my fingers and this happened. Like I said, we started the conversation back in 2021, and so we've been steadily marching toward where we are. Just take a step. If that for you is, you know, um, improving your church online experience, go after it. If this is the year for you to launch the app, go after it, whatever that is. You know, you can do one thing at a time. It's okay. You don't have to feel overwhelmed that everything has to be done. It's up.
1: Yes. That's that's so, such good advice. Uh, and I think there are so many opportunities and it could feel so overwhelming. And I think to start start where you are uh, is a really a really good piece of advice. So Lauren, thank you for leading the way. Thank you for uh, you know being so transparent with where where things are and, and where you're where you're investing, where you're growing. and I can't wait uh, to do an update uh, here on the podcast to hear more about how the new app goes and how the TV apps go and and your YouTube uh investment and and all the things uh, that you're doing. So thanks for setting a model uh for so many other churches and, and just you know functioning so transparently uh with with your learning. So thank you uh for being the leader you are. Uh thank you uh, to everyone that's listening. Uh we're gonna leave a link uh to Lauren's social media and where you can connect with her online in the show notes socialmedia.church uh and you know, all the information, things we talked about, we'll, we'll leave a link there to Apollos. As I'm th- guessing a lot of people are going to have questions and interested uh, in the Apollos app and, and how that might be a, a good fit at your church as well. Uh, and thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you again on the next episode. Okay.